Welcome to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things Scream Free. My name is John Allen Turner, and my good friend Hal Edward Runkle is seated across from me as he usually is. Hal, how are you today? I am feeling a little... I'm trying to put the word on it. <laughs> what is the it's, word? It's, it's like empty, okay. but I don't, I don't want it to have the ominous tone of empty. Oh, you're not feeling like emotionally No, no, I am empty. feeling, well, uh, you and I were talking about this earlier. I am physically, it's, I'm, I'm fascinated by physiology and its relation to thinking and feeling. Okay, right? so the way you feel and physically yeah. changes the way you think. And the relationship to brain chemistry. I mean, this is the frontier. Sure. Of, yeah, yeah. Uh, people have called this the, this is the, um, uh, cent- uh, what am I trying to think? The century of the brain. Oh, right? okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know, space was... Century a, of the mind. 20th century was a century of space, and this one is the brain. And I am, I, I am doing a, a couple of things all at the same time. Is one, I am... Uh, finally, not taking the uh, pain meds from my surgery. Right. So you had surgery yes. in, on December fifth. Fifth. Right. Okay. And now here we sit on uh, February tenth. Yes. So we are sixty-five days. Yes. Two months. Days. Yeah. Give or take. And and I'm I'm yeah. I've had some setbacks here and there, tweaks that have caused me to say and sleeping yeah. stuff that's like, okay. I got to take a pain pill, but not much. Not, not much at all. And you're very mobile, so your recovery yes. seems to be going. Yeah. And I'm yeah, doing physical well. therapy. I'm, yeah. It's going well, but. You know, and so, but I have a history with pain medication because I used to have a horrific back injury. Right, and you um, had surgery on that. Multiple yeah, surgeries yeah. on that, yes. But I was on major, major pain pills sure. and the patch and everything. And coming off of that was challenging. It's difficult, yeah. It really messes with your brain chemistry if you're on it long term. Mm-hmm. And so I still have that kind of thing going on, and now I'm not taking it. And so there's an emptiness. There's a, there's okay. a, your body, and literally sure. it's in your brain. Yeah. It's, because what happens when you take... It's in your mind. Yes. This is a different thing. No, it's in your brain. Your brain and your mind are two different things. Yes. Right? And and, the, and there are things as brain uh, addictions, right. right? And there are things that are... So we call them physiological addictions and psychological addictions. And there's a difference. You know, right. One is a physical dependency... And the other, and it's a psychological dependency. Right. So sometimes it's a uh, you know different chemicals. It chemically alters your brain. Well, literally, yeah. Like like take what happened with Philip Seymour Hoffman, right? Is he'd been off drugs for twenty three years? So he right. had, so Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, Academy Award winning actor. Yes. It's in the news right now because he was found in his apartment Dead last week with a heroin with needle. a heroin needle, right? And like seventy heroin bags around him, you know, and he had totally binged. And the, the amazing thing about heroin, it's the same medicine, it's the same opioids that fill up uh, that oxy are pain medicines. Yeah. yeah, oxycontin and hydrocodone, which I've yeah. been taking, right, and fentanyl, which is really, really severe stuff. Which, and he had uh, earlier in his career, like yes. coming right out of uh, college, gotten into had, it. Yes, and, and so he had been he had checked into the rehab program and, and had twenty and years sober, clean and sober. But, Here's where psychology and, and physiology meet is he's been apparently going through troubles with his uh, mate. Right. right. The, they have kids the together and he's recently children. moved out and had yes. an apartment on his own in the village. Which is, you know, among the most stressful things human beings can go through. Right. Right. We have said in here on yes. this podcast, we've said that uh, divorce is like a, a death in the family. It's a death in the family with a ghost. 
Yeah, who, who is, is difficult because they're always there all that, the you, time. You that you still to, have to interact with. You have to continue co-parenting. You have to see yes. them. You ha- yeah, exactly. It's unbelievably difficult. And so he obviously fell back into it. It's it, What it does to us uh, and our chemistry is, uh, I was actually talking to my son about this because he was asking about him because okay. yeah. he had seen him in the latest Hunger Games. Right, right, right. Cause in he fact, was, he was filming the third installment. The fourth. They had finished the fourth. third. Okay, all right. And he had, and so my my daughter was telling me they only had like seven days of filming oh, him wow, left yeah. in the fourth. And so we were having a con, they were having, asking me, what are they going to do? Yeah. Right? Are, are they going to, you know, CGI him in there for the final? I mean, are they going to just They've film They've got some the, kind of plan, but I don't know what it is. Whew. And so we're t- and so it led to a conversation about drugs. Yeah. And, and actually just physiologically how it works in your brain. And just saying, look, when you take that, it's like taking artificial dopamine, which is a natural, good-feeling chemical in your brain that makes you feel yeah. good. Yeah. Okay. Creates yeah. euphoric feelings. Yes. So it's, uh, you know, the chocolate or yeah, runner's yeah. high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, All right. That stuff. Okay. And so what happens is if you get a sudden influx of that chemical, dopamine. Yes. Which heroin uh, creates, right? Then you uh, uh, attach it to. It's got to have, it, it, it's got to have receptors, mm-hmm. right? And so there, these receptors are like little baby birds. You know, the little baby yeah, birds yeah, with their yeah, mouth yeah, yeah. open, they're yeah, trying yeah, to get yeah. fed by their mom. Well, that's what these receptors are like. And so they're like gobbling, gobbling, gobbling. Or oh, it's like hungry hippo. Remember mm-hmm. hungry, hungry hippo? <laughs> and you yes. want more, you more, want more, more, you want more. more. And so what happens is when you release a ton of dopamine in your system, your body creates more receptors. So mm-hmm. while you had a couple of baby birds, they got now fed, they more. got satiated, they but multiply. then the body said, well, now, and so you do one shot at one thing of heroin, and suddenly now your body has 3,000 yeah. of baby birds. And so when it goes away, they're hungry. Now, interestingly enough, they've done some research, uh, particularly with adolescents, where they uh, they talk about how uh, when when your kids get on Instagram or Facebook or something yes. like that, and they get a like, yes, they get a thumbs up, they get a comment, they get a share. It is a dopamine. They get a retweet. Hit. It's a dopamine hit, yep. and that's why they're constantly checking their yep. phone because they want more. That's why when you're sitting at the red light, you feel yourself wanting to reach for your phone. You want some affirmation. You want I exist. Yeah, validate exactly. me. Validate yeah. me. Someone does, and then you look at it, and there's nothing. There's no notifications. When on you the post front of your... something, I'll tell you this. Yeah. This is honest truth. Um, because I, I'm on social media, and you know, yes, I'm you out do there. it more than I do. Yeah. And uh, and if I post something and I get nothing, yeah, I know. Hello, is this exactly. thing on? What's going on? Right. I get, ooh, you know, I, it's embarrassing. Yes, and that's a, how terrible is that? It's I've rewired my brain. Exactly, that's yeah. what you've done, and you've created more little baby bird receptors, and they need more. So. so, so it's, you know, it's one thing for us to say heroin addiction is bad. Yeah, we will not get any arguments no. from that whatsoever. Right. It is actually, and, and it's it's now on the rise. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. It's well, through the roof. There's a little bit of a rise. history there, right? Right. You know, because kids had switched. Yeah, they switched away from heroin and to prescription pain medicine. Yes, they went to that because the makers of OxyContin for the longest time uh, for, didn't make the drug in such a way that if you crushed it up, it, it was made in such a way that if you crushed it up. Then you could snort it. it. It's just like heroin. Yes. Right. It, same it, drug. The way it would get into your system yes. much more quickly, much more intensity. Yes. Yeah. 
As finally, it was like the mid to late nineties when they the realized, maker, yes. oh, people are using this like heroin. So we now stop. it is only on a controlled release. You cannot snort yeah. it and get any higher than any. So it won't get that instant. Right. So what has happened? Also, though, this is because of it's increased so much. Then the price has increased so much for these drugs. The street value. Yeah. For you know oxycon, which also affects the people who use it legitimately. True. Yes, it does. With physicians' and so, approval. Uh, kids have gone back to heroin because it's cheaper and faster. Yeah. And now and it's soaring, unfortunately. Now, you, you know, when you buy it at a drugstore or something like that, they, they'll sell it to you, but it's like, you know, a month supply. Yeah, it's very controlled. So it's very controlled, and, and that makes it very expensive because yeah. you're buying 30 days worth of this stuff. You could go to your dealer, and you could buy tonight's worth of heroin. Right. So you, it doesn't, it's not a huge investment for them. Exactly. Exactly. And and because it's so prevalent, it's and in fact I just saw that uh, Australian government just seized six hundred and thirty million oh million dollars six hundred and thirty million dollars worth of heroin. Goodness gracious. They seized it over the weekend. Now you know, and destroyed it. So what I'm feeling right now is a is sort sure. of that because I'm not taking those but but also I decided at the same time, probably stupidly, <laughs> to return to my the most successful diet program I've ever had. And okay. It's and is it like a paleo thing? Is that what you're doing? It's yeah. slow carb. It's the Tim Ferriss four day work week guy. Four day. Okay. Yeah. Four, yeah, day yeah, bo- yeah. Like four hour work week. Um, Fifteen and, hour a day. Yeah, four hour. Guy, yeah. Four hour body. And it, it worked me very very well. And but it leaves the first two days. And there's this reason why people kind of shy mm-hmm. away from stuff like South Beach or whatever. Yeah. It's because it just leaves you with that less than satiated feeling. Because carbs, so oftentimes, are the things that provide you that full yes. feeling. Oh, my belly is full. Even though it also makes your belly look full. <laughs> which, if you have not read the, the book Wheat Belly, yeah, it is yeah. fascinating, revealing, terrifying. Now, is so you're you're doing this because you got tired of looking at yourself? Because yes. you, because, uh, you know, you and I are filming something here in yeah. a couple of weeks? We are filming a big... Big long video series, and also, and yeah. also, I've been. Uh, I had surgery right before the holidays. Oh, which is it? So you're doing Let's a lot of sitting and a lot of eating. A lot of sitting and a lot of, a lot of, of carbs. And and I can't exercise. Right. So, so okay. Bad combination. All the and, and taking uh, you know pain pills, so I don't care. So <laughs> it really is a bad combination, and so. You know, you, 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 I catch you right now. You don't know whether to look at my mouth or my chin, which is moving just as fast. You don't know which, <laughs> which is actually creating the sound. Right? So, is it coming out of that yeah, hole or is exactly. it Exactly. Which of this? Yes. So <laughs> genetically, I am not blessed with the, with the uh, lovely jawline anyways. So it, You're not the square jaw guy. No, right? no. Okay. My, my father's got like three heads hanging down. So <laughs> I, I, jowly yes, family. You're I, a jowly m- 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 bunch. My wife has told me that you know what uh, plastic surgery is Ooh, is for some people. Wow! <laughs> so eventually, oh. so if I want to keep getting on today's you show, you want to do Botox? You're not going to do the Botox no, thing with the no. injections I'll and do the, the uh, chin lift. Okay, thing or something oh, boy. like that. Yes. Okay. So, so anyway, before, before this podcast turns into a video cast, that's yes. what we'll be doing. Right? I, we need to film that thing when oh, I come goodness. out. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Now, um, I, I started to say this a second ago. Uh, when we talk about People who are addicted to heroin. Yeah. When we talk about coke, cocaine, you know, right. when we talk about uh, potheads, when we talk about alcoholics, yeah. that's that's something that we can get, we can all rally around, right? Oh, well, I still, I think, well, I think we talk about it badly. Yeah. I think we stigmatize it so much 
so that if our kids, the first time they do something, because we've stigmatized it in their minds, then suddenly we've made ourselves the last person they're going to come to and tell us and and reach out to. And that is part of the huge problem. And the reality is many of these addictions are, in fact, chemical reactions over which we have no power. Right, And that's the thing, is we're now beginning to finally see that, yes, addiction is... A psychologically a psychological uh, disease. It, it involves that. It also involves family components, and, sure. but also it's a brain disease. Yeah, so some people's brains can handle one shot of heroin, and some, some people's, people's brains, brains cannot. Never ever recover, and are constantly searching after that first hit the rest of their lives, right, until they die. So again, we can rally around those kinds of things. Yes, but there are more socially acceptable addictions. Yes, that are similar in their chemical structure. Oh, very much so. Caffeine. Caffeine All all addictions, uh, if you're going to qualify as an addiction, are similar in the basic components. Right. That because you have introduced something into your system, your system now needs more of that something because of the baby birds, Mm -hmm. right, the receptors. It needs more of that in order to get the same feeling you got initially. Right. And that can be through a, a substance like caffeine, or it could be through a behavior. Like gambling. Like gambling. Yes. And that gambling, when that bell goes off or when the dealer says 21 or whatever, you get that same rush of endorphins, you get that same euphoric hit, yes. and dopamine starts dripping in your brain, yes. and those birdies multiply. Yes. Now, gambling has been shown to be perhaps the most difficult addiction to recover from. Gambling, tobacco, heroin. That's what I heard. Yeah. Gambling... And in fact, actually, carbohydrates may be the most uh, yeah, there you uh, go. addictive thing. But uh, gambling, the reason why gambling is, is the most difficult to recover from is because it is not, it, it is what's called an intermittent reward system. Right. So uh, every time I take heroin... I'm going to get something. Yeah, I'll get a little buzz, a rush, or something, right? But gambling, it may be once every 30 times. And the, the real struggle with the intermittent yeah. law of intermittent return is... Uh, you don't know which time it is. Exactly. It could be this time. Nope, it wasn't that time. It could be this time. Hit the nope, button again. It wasn't that time. Hit the button. Hit the button. Again. Hit the button. And about the time you are ready to give up, mm-hmm. that's when it hits. Yep. That's Absolutely. always the way it works. I had a, I dated a girl in high school who was that way. Right, like right. just uh, she just kept me stringing along, stringing along, stringing along. Mm. And then I would throw up my hands and say, "That's it. I'm done." And that's when she would call. Yeah. Yeah. You um, know. Yes. And so we have these socially acceptable addictions, and even, you know, I think Facebook. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, I think social media. I think checking your email compulsively. I think those kinds of behaviors... Uh, It's messing with our brain chemistry. It messes with your brain chemistry. Absolutely. For some people out there, it's um, shopping. For sure. You know, I have... We even joke about it. I need a little retail, retail therapy. therapy. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, and, and again, there's levels of social acceptance. Yeah. The biggest one is food. Yeah, I think that's a big one right there. Well, I mean, the look. You know, I did just hear that we're no longer the fattest country. We're second. Did you see that? Who's, yeah. Who, who, uh, who passed us? I don't know. I don't remember. Gosh, I should. I, I, I hesitate to venture a guess, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I won't don't, guess. I don't, yeah. But we're second, but we're still fat. <laughs> and I mean, and it is socially acceptable. It's socially yes. encouraged, right? Yeah. Now, thankfully, to overeat, to indulge, yes. and here we sit, you know, on the cusp here, a few days out of mm-hmm. Valentine's Day. 
True. Another another sugar holiday. A sugar holiday, but also for a lot of people out there whose love life may or may not be mm. wh- what they want it to be, it's an opportunity to, I'm just going to eat myself into a food coma. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm getting tired now because I don't you, have you the... Need, uh, you need more caffeine. Need, That's exactly. what you need. <laughs> yeah. Since I'm not getting the carbs, I need the caffeine, man. That's right. But we have these, uh, you know, the day after... Yes. Valentine's Day, all that candy's going to go on sale. Absolutely. And uh, it's when I buy it. Is that when you buy yours? Yeah, my wife and I don't celebrate Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is one of those, can we just be honest, it's a made-up holiday. Oh, of course it is. I posted something on, you know, I have a an author Facebook page yeah. for, for all my, because I write like Christian books and stuff like that. And so yeah. I have a bunch of theology nerds who follow me. And so I have a, a picture on my Facebook page today of St. Valentine. And uh, it says, I was beaten with clubs, I was beheaded, and then I was tossed into an unknown grave. My followers dug me up, and now you celebrate my martyrdom by giving each other chocolate. Yes. (laughs) And you've made me to look like uh, a floating baby with an arrow. Yeah, which St. Valentine did not look like. No. But we we have um, Valentine's Day, I think... um, there are several of those. They're just kind of hallmark holidays. Yeah, of course. You know, propagated by the greeting card industry or something like that. And yeah. Valentine's Day, I, we, we that, there's so much intense... Is that Friday? Um, yeah, it's yeah, Friday. Yeah, it is. Seriously, I, my, my wife I'm and I... I'm doing... Uh, I'll be flying to Las Vegas. I'll be doing a, a marriage retreat. Oh, to nurture your gambling addiction. That'll, <laughs> that'll be great. Let me know how that goes. It'll go intermittently is yes, how it will go. It I will. can guarantee at you best. right now. I actually... Um, uh, do you gamble at all? Uh, not anymore. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, I... You know that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. I, uh, I give myself a certain amount of money just to go sure, and play, sit sure. at the I tables, totally get that. you know? And, I totally and, get that. And, uh, um, and I never go by myself. Mm, that's so I have, I have a friend who, who will come with me, Bruce and Terry... Hopler live there in Las Vegas, and, and Bruce and I will go. And keep you away from the ATM machine. <laughs> the only ATM machines that allow you to get out $4,000. Unlimited it amount of amazing. money. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So uh, yes. Bruce and I will go, and we'll play, you know, blackjack. blackjack sure. we'll, we'll, Best you know, odds. We'll do stuff like that. And yeah. uh, I think last time I was there... Uh, Would you give yourself 200 bucks? Uh, yeah, I, I actually gave myself uh, $120 because mm-hmm. it's what I had. Uh, right. I sold some books there, and, uh-huh. and I walked out with 240 So yeah, I doubled go. my money, and as soon as I hit that, that was it. I said, let's go right now before I spend it. Yes, because it'll be gone. It, it will go away very quickly. Absolutely. So, so you went and spent it on a nice lobster dinner, and now it's all gone. <laughs> I think we ate at Haleo, which is um, Jose Andres okay. uh, Tapas restaurant yeah, that's, there. That's great. Yeah. Food nerd. Uh, <laughs> theology nerd, food, food nerd. nerd. Yeah, wow. that's, that's us. Yeah. Now, uh, speaking of addictions, mm. um, CVS, yes. National Chain of Drugstores, yes. has decided no more cigarettes. Which, again, all of these invite great conversations with your kids. Yeah. You know, so many of us are scared to introduce these things to our kids because we have believed the lie that innocence is is the the mother of all virtues, right? So we want to keep our kids innocent and unaware, and so yeah, we want to protect. I think we them. have a, a a weird definition of innocent, though. Yeah, we think it's unexposed. Under uh, you know, innocent means uh, not free from guilt. Innocence means free from exposure. Yeah. 
So they don't even know that stuff is out, out there. there. Right. We want and we want to keep it from them as long as possible. I guess with the idea that we're thinking as long as we keep that news from them, then they won't be troubled by it. Yeah. I guess. And so we're waiting for their brains to develop a little more, I guess? I, I don't know. I, you know, And it, I'm really trying to dig into this, because you and I do not believe in this at all. No, no, you know? not at all. And, you know, for hundreds and hundreds of years, it was not normal. Oh, are you sure? He, you know, I mean, when you... When like you, death, for instance. Death yeah. was a normal thing, and, and it happened... It didn't happen in a place out there somewhere. It happened no. in your house. Yeah, you had the body on the living room table. The body for, was we've there. We've talked about that yeah, before yeah. here, yeah. But also, when you grow up in a... On, like, on a farm... Yeah. Like, you see how the cows make other cows. Sure. You see it. You know, you're exposed to yeah, that my, at an early age. My next-door neighbor uh, has her backyard uh, backs up to our side of our house, and it's this huge, and, and you've right, been there. Right, and, yeah. and she raises, raises dogs. Champion, um, uh, what am I, golden, golden retrievers. retrievers. And, of course, they're humping each other all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all the time. And so, you know, what are you going to yeah. do? And so there's... That's how they make and so, more golden retrievers, And son. so it's always been an interesting thing when our kids bring friends over, and they're like, what are they doing? And then my kids will explain, uh, they're humping. That's what that's yes, called. That's, the technical term is humping. humping. That's what they yeah. do. <laughs> what they but do. But you, you grow up and you see stuff like that. You see death. Yeah. You see um, sex. You right. see uh, violence. Because, again... If you just go out there into the wild kingdom, yeah, they're not gentle. No, that's they're not I, gentle yeah, about yeah. the way they mate. They're not gentle about the way they eat. You know, I remember being very, very young. You know, probably six or seven, and watching my dog Brownie mm-hmm. chase down a rabbit and catch it. And yes, oh, that's awesome. And eat it right there, like bones that's and all. Awesome. Yeah, and so there. You talk about the end of the innocence right yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, look, the bunny. Oh, look, Brownie and the bunny are playing. Oh, look at that. Brownie wants to give him a mouth hug. Yeah. No, that was not. That, that was a horrible, awful, violent experience yes, right there. That's awesome. We have a hawk that lives uh, lives on our property because we live on about an acre. You know, yeah. We've got all these trees, and there's a hawk that comes from spring until fall. And one time driving up, we're driving up to our house, and my son, has a friend, they're 10, I think, and, the, <laughs> and they think it's the coolest thing in the world because a hawk has caught a squirrel yeah. in its talons, yeah. and it's just ripping it apart, and there's blood everywhere, oh. and these boys are like, that's the coolest thing ever. We have a cat. Yeah. You know, and are... Pecan is, she is the neighborhood serial killer. Your and cat is named Pecan? Yes. I did not name the cat. You know why? Yeah, Actually, can I, can I see your man card? Do you want to know why the cat is? I guess I'll, I got to clip the corner off your man card at least. <laughs> here's here's the reason why, because there was a guy uh-huh. who had kittens uh-huh. in, in a box, and we traded him a bag of pecans for the cat. That's great. Yep, that's a wonderful, wonderful story that you just totally made up. But no, that's a I did wonderful, not. That that is the true story. story. But pecan uh, mm-hmm. has a, has developed a taste. For, for chipmunks. For chipmunks. Yes. Really? Oh, we need we need to bring our my our house. Well, we have yeah. chipmunks everywhere. We don't anymore. Oh. We well, did. see. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I need. She that. earns her keep, mm. and she'll bring little trophies. Mm. And the girls have watched her on a few occasions. That's cool. Play cat and mouse with the chipmunk. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a reason why they call it cat, cat and mouse. mouse so here right. it is, right here. Well, eventually the it. game's just called cat. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. called cat nap. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that's cat what it's called. Full belly nap. Yeah. 
So you see these things, and that was normal for forever, like for hundreds and hundreds of right. years. People used to be disciplined by their communities in public. Oh, well, and yeah. kids would watch that. Oh, you'd buy tickets to see the executions for crying to see, out loud. or or yeah. even if it's not an execution, seeing you know in the stocks, in the stocks you know, for a the, day. Yeah, exactly. And, All that stuff, and kids would be exposed mm, to that. No, and I wouldn't. And I, we're not advocating, advocating a return going back to, to that. Yeah, sure, barbarism, we should, we but should have public stonings and beheadings or anything like that. But, but the idea that our job is to keep our kids as uh, unexposed as possible is actually, I think. Uh, Shooting us, shooting ourselves in the foot. It's, yeah. it's it, at cross purposes. So, and it, my job is to, you know, not to willingly throw them to the wolves, right? But I'm not going to go out of my way reactively to try and prevent them from knowing that the actor in the second Hunger Games movie, who actually turns for the good guys yeah. at the very end of the movie, that aha moment that makes you like him. Um, He's dead. Yeah, he did heroin and died with a needle in his arm. Overdosed. Yeah, he did too much of this drug. Right. And, um, and you know, this is an interesting thing. We're also right now in the middle of the Olympics, right? The Winter Olympics in Sochi in Russia are going on right now. Did you watch the opening ceremonies? I did. What what do you think? Just general impressions? Overall, it was yeah. fantastic. That whole moving those huge sets Horses across and the set thing pieces and, floating and, uh, and all that. And the little girl floating yeah. high in the air. I thought that was fantastic. Beautiful. But one of the things that's interesting is mm. a completely sanitized version of Russian history. Oh, very much so. Right. So sure. it, the Cold War was just a sock hop. Yeah. Right. Just a bunch of kids in poodle skirts listening to. Russian Elvis yeah, that, music that or whatever. three-minute movie yeah. they made about Russian history, right. Was a little... No conquering of the Mongols. No, and, but it, no but, bloody but, revolution in yes. 1917 either. You right. know, I mean, it was uh, very, very sanitized. Sure. And, of course, the U.S., if they were to do that same thing, going to do the same thing. Right, well, we don't... Mm, yeah, we, They're going to show them exchanging a turkey and corn with the <laughs> Indians, not smallpox and now, axe. Here's the difference, I think, in a, in a closed society... Which I think Russia like communist, is... communist. Yeah. Uh, certainly was. Certainly was. Soviet Union and was, and, and Russia is a large degree, yeah. They can't even talk about those things. Right. Right. They say that um, uh, Vladimir Putin uh, actually, he edits the textbooks yes, that they use that. in public schools, I right? I heard that. So, and that he edited the performance or yeah, whatever. Exactly. Or, yeah. So you can't even talk about those things that happened there. Now, obviously, when we hosted the Olympics, we didn't do anything about the Trail of Tears or you know right. the 400 years of slavery or anything like that. Yeah. But it is uh, February, and February in the United States is Black Black History History Month. Month. Yes. And we can't do any real discussion of history and protect our kids from the harsh realities of the world. Oh, absolutely We can't talk to them about World War II. We can't talk to them about the Civil Rights Movement. Right. We can't talk to them about Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King Jr. and... We can't talk about the Civil War without, you know, just being honest. Yeah, my wife, my my daughter is taking um, AP U.S. History this year with Mike Glenn. Yeah, the stinger, the, the year old teacher. <laughs> I had Mike yeah. Glenn once upon a time. Amazing, yeah, he's still there, <laughs> he's still and around, it's still man. the hardest course. I'm sure at that school. It was difficult. Right? Yeah, she's struggling. Uh, but it's you know now she's a junior, and so she's actually wanting to 
challenge what has you know been the story yeah. up to that point. And I think that's great. You sure. know, it's beautiful. It's it's great. It's uh it's what we're supposed to do is structurally, strategically, step by step, introduce more and more into our kids' lives in a way hopefully they can process and, and manage. But the main part is in a way that still maintains a wonderful relationship with them so that when they struggle or question, they see us as a guide. Yeah. Not as the last person they want to come to because what they pick up from us is, uh, 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 I can't handle it, I can't handle it, I can't handle it, right? It's a bit like um, a jet engine. I had this explained to me once. So if someone out there, one of our six listeners is mm-hmm. a you know specialist in this, you can correct my information. But my understanding of the way jet engines have An been aeronautical engineer yeah, exactly. is going to correct you right now. Um, they have no top speed per se. Hmm. They will go as fast as you can get fuel to them. Hmm. But you have to ramp up the amount of fuel you get to them because they flood very easily. Okay. So uh, if you start with a slow flow and gradually increase it, there is, in a sense, no top speed to a a jet engine. All right. Uh, And our kids, I think, are the same way in terms of processing this kind of information. There's no cap at the top Mm. to the way they can process these things. But if you give them too much, too soon, it'll short-circuit the whole thing. Their minds will flood. So, But this involves an understanding of where they are in that process. True. And I think a lot of parents just would rather it be, well, they're 12, now's when they learn this. Yeah. Well, they're 14, now's when they learn this. Well, what we have to do is allow ourselves missteps. Okay. It's going to happen. And my thing is I want to err on the side of exposing too much. I remember when um, Annabelle... My oldest, uh, she was five, and there was some. There was a situation at her elementary school. I think I may have shared this with you at the time. In fact, um, uh, a little girl in her in one of the other kindergarten classes had gone into the bathroom and had I don't know something had happened in there, and she was uh, asking for help. Okay, and a janitor happened to be walking by and heard her asking for help. All right. So he walks in there and was sort of caught in a an awkward situation. All right. Right. So you've got this grown man, janitor, he's in the bathroom alone with a little girl. Little girl. Okay. Now she had been crying for help and she right. so he was had nothing but good intentions. Sure. But it still there was one of those, you know, dear parents, right. you should know this incident happened and we had to file and right. report and all this kind of stuff. And uh, and so we decided then we were going to start talking to our girls about you know good touch bad touch sure and, inappropriate uh, you know, what's inappropriate right. what's not and private parts and why they're called private parts right and uh, and I remember um, my wife having a conversation with another mom similar age at the gym and this other mom said well I just want to keep her as ignorant as possible as long as possible and Jill said. Uh, we want our daughter to be the first one in her class who knows. Exactly. And we want her to have gotten the information from us because if she gets it off the playground, she's, it's going to be filled with all sorts of misinformation. Yes. And so we want, we want our daughter to be the first to know right? as opposed to the last one 
in her class to know. And I just it's, it baffles me that so many parents take that other approach. Well, I mean, that's it, interesting because that, now that I think about it, and maybe this is a principle for, a, for another book, something along these lines, but when, when parents say they want to keep their kids innocent, what they're really saying is what they, they want to keep them ignorant. Yes. But good luck with that. Yeah. Because they're not going to be ignorant. They're going to get the information somewhere. Do you want it they to more, be from you? Yeah. Or do you want it to be from their friends on a playground? Right. So when I, I want to have a conversation about Philip Seymour Hoffman with them. And yeah. it was great. I got to have this fascinating conversation and tell them from my field of expertise, right, as a therapist, yeah. about addiction, about that process and what it does to families and how everybody contributes, unfortunately, within the system and how your brain works and how that contributes to the system. It was great. It was a great conversation. And then you just drop it and move on. You hope that 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 sparks and and plants seeds for future conversations. Right, right. And one of the seeds I wanted to have is I want to talk to my son about pornography in the same way, because Mm -hmm. what we're learning about what it does to your brain chemistry is incredibly similar to heroin. Yeah, that's that's another addiction. It may be one of the most powerful addictions. Because it combines dopamine without... Oh, absolutely. The other. The climax, sexual climax releases as much endorphins mm-hmm. as a heroin hit does. But in, in a normal sexual act, yes. it is combined with... Oxytocin. Which is sort of a binding drug. To the other person that you're with. Right. Right, which so, creates closeness. Right. So as we mate monogamously, yes. we're... Hopefully, if we have a sexually active relationship with this mate, yes, then we have this combined uh, euphoric dopamine hit with this nurturing, binding, yes, oxytocin connection hit as well. It's the connection hormone, and yeah. so sex does bring us closer together. Yes, now, but when we I'm, divorce that process, exactly, if I don't have another right. person for right. this oxytocin to bind me to, right, which is not to say, and I, I think. I don't know if we've talked about this, but I've started having conversations with my son about uh, masturbation. And it's a very delicate thing because I in no way want to shame him in that process at all. Right. Right? Uh, Exploring yourself and getting to know your body. It's Knowing how it all works and and what feels good. Absolutely. And uh, being able to figure out what desire means and what to do with that. My my Mm -hmm. job is to help him learn to appropriate that desire, right? To manage it, to learn about it, what it says about you. If you have a a desire, Mm -hmm. there is a legitimate means of scratching that itch. Right. And there are lots of illegitimate means as well. So helping your kids understand these sexual feelings. And I don't, and, and but also I, every kid, I mean, it's unbelievable the percentage of kids by the age of like 15 have been exposed to pornography. And sure. Anything, right. And some, especially now when they have a window to the pornographic world in their pockets. Yeah. Right? And I, constantly I, available. Yeah. I used to do a, a seminar mm-hmm. um, back when my, when Hearts and Minds came out. And uh, and one one of the pieces of the seminar, and I got this from a lot of uh, pastors and school uh, administrators who said we we need a mechanism where parents can begin talking to their kids about sex. Yes. And so I used to do this breakout session called um, "How to Talk to Your Kids About Sex Before Somebody Else Does." Right. And as part of the research and putting that together, what I would ask parents: mm-hmm. How many of you have had the sex talk with your kids? And most of them... Almost two-thirds to three-fourths, somewhere in that range, would say yes. And then in another room, Mm -hmm. I would have the teens, you know, and I would ask them, how many of you have had the sex talk with your parents? Right. 
and about a third of them would say yes. Right. So what we think... We think we're having the sex talk, and the kids are like, that's the sex talk? I didn't think that was the sex talk. Right. Then you ask them, and how many folks... Included in that sex talk, masturbation, masturbation. and yeah, all like, those hands yeah, go straight two down. Two people in the bag, and that's it. Yeah, it's yeah, fascinating that we'll we'll talk more openly about copulating with someone else. Yeah. than we will. Uh, and the reality is, <laughs> their expression odds their, are well, their sexual experience with themselves is going to far outweigh and uh, predate. Odds are your kid's first sexual experience is going to be with themselves. And their 30th. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and their 4,000th, maybe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, if, if we're being very, very honest about, especially teenage boys. So how can I talk to them about that? But the, but the power of pornography is it's the, the constant availability of novelty. Yeah. And there's some excellent videos actually out there on. And that's the, the that's another web. kind of addiction. So we've yes. talked about heroin. I know every time I take heroin, I'm going to get a little hit. Yes. And we talked about gambling, this law of intermittent right. returns. And now we add to that another the category, no- novelty. Novelty, which your I'm going to get the same kind of hit, mm. but it's going to be it's going to have a little bit different flavoring, a little bit different spin. Now, on one it. thing, piece of misinformation out there uh, that has totally been debunked is the idea that pornography is progressive. That it leads eventually. So you you start by looking at Playboy, and then you start looking at right. harder stuff, and then and eventually then you become it, a serial killer. It always goes to violence. Yeah, that's not in any way, shape, or form true. No. Now I will say this: mm-hmm. I hate the fact that so many movies and television shows in our world link the two. Link violence and sex, absolutely. And I think that does create a, a dangerous neuro pathway. Well, for especially us. if. We have not helped our kids learn the mechanisms of dealing with anger. Right. Right? And, and the basic frustrations of life, and then you combine the two. And right? that's, you know, that's... Most sex crimes are have little to do with sex. They, but they, they have to More do with, to sex, do with violence. power. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that type of thing. And, and a, a way to deal with my own feelings of mm-hmm. lack of power over my Frustration, life. Frustration, yes. fear, uh, hurt, right. anger, those kinds of things. I feel such a strange, you know... It's not that I feel so powerful and I need to show it. It's usually I feel no power and I need to I need to grow it. Right. So the idea that you start by looking at Playboy and then inevitably you end up Well, it's as, all based on that James yeah, Dobson yeah. interview with what's his face? Um <laughs> What's his face? What's his face? Uh, 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 Dahmer? No, 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 no. It um, was with it was with the good-looking guy. Yeah, what was that guy's name? That um Mark Harmon played killer. him. Mark Harmon played him in the yeah. movie. Yeah, regardless. Yes, regardless. But he did this interview, James Dobbin did this interview, where he talked about, well, it started with a playboy, and then I ended up a serial killer. And then he came back and said, I was lying the whole time. That's not how it works, just sort of uh, psychologically and physiologically. But but there is a desire for novelty. But again, I like how you put it. I want to talk to them about these things before someone else does. Because someone else is going to. Yeah, of course. And that's how I actually have started conversations with my son, is I just said, so you guys... You and your buddies making jokes about uh, masturbation yet? It's like, yeah. What's the funniest one? You know? Now, you do not have that conversation face-to-face. We had that conversation shoulder-to-shoulder. There you go. And it was, of course, just the two of us, and we were driving, and I did it very nonchalantly, and I was prepared to not go there. I was prepared to drop it if he wanted to, or go just gently where... He ever wanted to. And that's something I think for for parents, especially as you start having these awkward conversations, mm-hmm. whether it's about drugs or about alcohol or yeah. a, about smoking or about Philip Seymour Hoffman or pornography. Right. 
having these conversations face to face can be very invasive. Yes. Uh, because as, we are not equals. No. And the kids know that. Yes, and as much as you try to be, hey, pal, how yeah, are yeah, you? We are hey, not let's equals. talk about token up a joint. Yeah, he, no, he, he knows. He, he cannot take away your internet access. Yeah, and you, you can. can. So that, he can't take yeah. away your keys. You can take his. Yes, yes. So he can't take away your allowance. Fundamental you can take his. inequality and uh, in, in just the basic ability to sustain yourself uh, versus there. So you can't do that. And, and so one uh, eye-to-eye relationships are usually only best when you're wanting to directly exercise that authority. Mm-hmm. Right, when you're wanting to invite them into a connection through a hug and I love you, but again, it needs to be very, very rare. Shoulder to shoulder is so much more effective. And even, uh, you know, I've had this conversation with a lot of uh, child therapists. Yeah, they're not children; they do therapy with children, right? So, um, uh, sit in the floor, play Legos with them. Absolutely. Do a puzzle. Go shopping, go driving, go Go hunting, something. go, yes. you know, something where you are shoulder to shoulder and you're engaged in another activity and the attention, they don't feel the weight of your gaze right. on them. Right. And like you did, um, be prepared to yeah. drop it if they don't, you know, if they, if they don't pick up that sure. uh, mantle. Sure. There's a, an episode of Malcolm in the Middle. Mm-hmm. You ever watch Malcolm in the I Middle? I used to, yeah. <laughs> There's an episode where... Uh, the the mom decides it's time to give Malcolm the talk, mm-hmm. and she tricks him into something. You know, like we're going to get ice cream or we're going to go do something. And he gets in the car, and as soon as he gets in the car, chikung, 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 all oh, the honey. all the doors lock. Yeah, and he looks up at her, and she starts driving the car, and he realizes he's in for it. That's funny. and she just circles the city, and she tells him everything there is <laughs> to know about sex and sexuality and her sexual history with his dad. Oh, and gosh. He is, oh, by the gosh. end, he is in a fetal position. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's that's another thing. When you have these conversations, whether it's about drugs or alcohol or sex or whatever with your kids, you, there doesn't have to be a conversation. It, In fact, that, that that is rarely a wise I choice. Like little, little little drive-by wisdom Shots. That's what I call them. <laughs> little drive-by wisdom shots. Just, Just drive by their room and lob a little yep, grenade absolutely. of wisdom in there and then keep, keep on moving. Absolutely. Just keep it short, keep it, but make it powerful and then go. And what that does is actually can actually invite them to then come to you. But you don't yeah. want to overburden them. So, okay, Dad. Okay, let's talk yes. about... You're no, right. You don't so want him now, to say, stop, Dad, I've had enough. Now we have the pot smoking t- conversation and now we yep. have the alcohol conversation and now we have the sex conversation it's an it's an ongoing conversation yeah and you have it in installments right and and it'll be happening for years hopefully hopefully right now there may be times where the you know we may need to have a more explicit conversation right now you know and so this may be a little bit more in depth and well and and this you know when i was talking about uh Hoffman with my kids. I was a, I was a little more in depth about yeah. right now. I never really turned it to them. I never really did the okay. So now when so you now, get you older, know, yeah, here's the prestige, right? <laughs> <laughs> the prestige moment on you is don't do drugs. No, I don't do that. I I think the lesson is powerful enough. He's dead. Yeah. Let he that is dead. Let that sink in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need to punctuate that. Okay. 
So now we have to go have these awkward conversations yes. with our kids. Well, actually, what you and I need to go do is prepare for Snowpocalypse 2 That's here true. in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, now, what are you going to be doing? Because it, it's I'm supposed to start snowing here. Now, the last tonight. time we recorded this. Yes, it just, was snowing. Yeah, it was snowing, and we were making fun of how ridiculous everyone was being. We and had then, no idea how no, bad it was going. Not the snow, gracious. the yeah, traffic. The traffic the panic. and the panic and the gridlock. We and so unfreaking believable So here we sit two weeks later, yeah, almost to the day. And it's coming. And it's coming again. In fact, I was supposed to fly out to uh, Kansas City to be with the good folks at Fort Riley. I was supposed to fly out tomorrow. But and there won't be many flights. There will not be many flights. So I am going to go to the airport uh, tonight and fly out tonight. We're getting a sheet of ice. That's going to yeah. cover us. So yes. what are you going to do? What are you? What All right, you... now I'm going home to cut limbs that hang over our power lines. Yeah, you got a bunch of stuff on your DVR. You're going to watch. Yeah, I got plenty of writing to do. Actually, oh, you're going to write. So you're not going to watch new... the. Uh, I'll the, watch what some. The, we'll watch um, the Olympics. What was on last night? The, oh, the uh, Beatles thing. Fiftieth anniversary oh, of the yeah. Beatles. You're not going to watch that. Thing. You're yes. a huge Beatles I'm, guy. I'm right? absolutely going to watch the Beatles thing. I've been listening to them all day. I can't believe it's fifty years ago. But yes, I'll be. I'll be watching. I taped that last night. Okay. Did you ever see the the one on CNN? Yeah. That, the, that was fantastic. Yeah, the 60s thing. Yeah, 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 that was very, very cool as well. Okay, so everyone uh, go to the grocery store and get um, ingredients for French toast. and uh, All you Atlantans. All you Atlantans. And the rest of you up north, get prepared to have another round of jokes at our expense. Yes. We're mm. going to head home. French toast. Thanks for listening, as that's, always. That's, that's not low carb. Thanks for no. playing. No, <laughs> Sorry about that, man. Yeah. I didn't mean to. Yeah, now I'm Jones and oh, Jones. Oh, boy, Jones and French toast. Uh, thanks for listening to You Must Chill. Uh, two guys learning how to calm down so we can grow up and, and get hopefully closer. Get closer to the people who matter most. We'll talk to you more next week.